Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we are continuing with The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson. We read chapters 31, 32, 33, and 34, and we're going to discuss them. In these chapters, we get another flashback where Kaladin's dad gets drunk, so that's always interesting. In present day, they uh, they try the side carry in the heat of the of the battle, and it uh, I, I think somebody called exactly how it went, pretty much. And then we go back to Shalon and the ardent she met on the first day, and after that, back to Kaladin for some consequences of his actions in the earlier chapter. So things have gotten uh, a little intense. I'm Data, and with me is Jack, Jamie, and Joe. So hang on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. Fear in the blade, the spirits of the fallen faith, scorn and degrade, my legacy and name. Bend in the code, the father duty long bestowed, burdened by the shame. When order dies, there will be no pride in victory. When order dies, I will be Dak, did you, you have a story you wanted to tell, right? <laughs> We're talking about hot dogs before we started recording, so Dak hit us with the hot dog story. Uh, yeah, we were we were in we were in Graceland because we were over there a few years ago. This was 2017 when we were over there, uh, and we went to the cafeteria, like in the like the big like they got all the museum with all the cars and everything. And we went, oh yeah, we got some food, and they said hot dogs. They said, oh, it sounds good. I personally don't eat cheese, so I didn't fall victim to what came but jamie eats cheese and so uh maybe you should tell it so we were in graceland and we we went and, and got some lunch and i was like yeah hot dog i haven't had a hot dog in ages that sounds great got the hot dog and they're like would you like some cheese on it and I, here's me going oh yeah like just a bit of bit of sprinkled cheese like back home would be great you know and it was liquid cheese which might be normal <laughs> in america it is not normal here and there was a lot of liquid cheese. So it was a hot dog drowning in liquid cheese. Mm-hmm. And then everything that went on it was like pickled and green. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I don't need to ever have a hot dog again. This is this is intense. Uh, onions should not be fluorescent green. No. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, wow, my my heart. I just, my my the- my cholesterol level must have just skyrocketed. <laughs> yeah, I, I the, the look on like... your face when they picked up the ladle for the cheese—you've you, just been like, "I've made a serious mistake." <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like that is super normal, except at like like attraction park restaurants. Yeah, like that's not that's not something that at a sporting event. Right. Yeah, that's not like a normal Americanized thing. Most it's just of the time to do the what is it is like plastic cheese? Is that what it's called? I forget. I don't even know what it's called, but yeah, it comes oh, in a can. Oh no, we don't have plastic cheese like that. We have plastic cheese. We have cheese slices that are wrapped in plastic. And my yeah, great cheese sandwiches for the family and toasted them, but hadn't taken the plastic off the cheese. Oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little problem. That's all right. She was like in her eighties. We'll give her that one. It's fine. Oh man, yeah. What? I'm I'm just curious. Is, are you guys like Elvis fans? What prompted a trip to Graceland? Well, we were uh, in Memphis we, for 
um, for our, yeah. our friends, our friends from Red Cross wedding. Yeah. So, so Jack and I did a whirlwind seven day, like as in left Sydney on the Thursday morning and arrived in Sydney on the Thursday morning. So it was mm. seven days, including thirty hours of travel time each way. Um, nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty crazy. But we did a. My my mom is a massive Elvis fan, so we couldn't oh. not go to Graceland. Um, and it was actually it was really cool and to go to see the museum and like the pink Cadillac and and like all the cars where you know Elvis just had a bit of a temper and just shot his own car one day. It was yeah. kind of weird, but yeah, it was it was a pretty amazing experience. I gotta say, there's there's nothing quite like the is it the, the jungle room to have all that like yes fire green carpet. <laughs> everywhere it's on the everywhere. walls it's on the roof it was pretty like it, it's it's intense but it was amazing it was very cool to see so if you if you've never been definitely go yeah blue trip i hope we get back over there one day i think i think the closest i've ever come is uh seeing it in that movie was it zombie land 2 where they go to graceland i forget now it's one of the zombie lands i haven't seen i haven't seen Zombieland 2, and I haven't seen Zombieland once since it was in cinemas, so. Ah, well, audience, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or if you've never seen Zombieland, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Go watch them. What I wasn't expecting from the tour is that when you, you get there and you get your iPad with the, the headphones on and it's the guided tour throughout all the rooms, um, you're, you're being... Oh, it was narrated by John Stamos. <laughs> Which I wasn't expecting. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, he's like, uh, yeah, no, actually it does, because he's like classically, he, classically, he's well known for his love of Elvis and like his character on Full House is basically like an Elvis impersonator. Yeah. Oh, his, okay. his character on okay. Full House is like obsessed with Elvis. I don't know if uh, I, I haven't heard John Stamos in real life if he's like that, but like the character on Full House was such a lover of Elvis that I'm just like, it totally makes sense to me that they would get him to do that. Yeah, okay. People probably mistake John Stamos for Elvis. <laughs> They're like, he's alive. Yeah, and he's playing I, with the Beach Boys for some reason. I didn't know like that's what like John Stamos was known for that. In fact, in fact, I didn't really know what John Stamos was known for. The only thing I heard, remember his name from was um, an early episode of South Park where they're talking about John Stamos's older brother, Richard Stamos, is going to sing the halftime show. I'm like, oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason I remember his name. Does he have an older brother? Oh, now i got to find out. I don't know. I mean, it's South Park. It could have been not real. Right? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm not going down this rabbit hole. We're, <laughs> we're moving oh. on. Or you are. In, in my brain, the two things that he's most famous for are Full House and being uh, married to Rebecca Romaine because, I mean, you know, yeah. that was impressive. Rebecca Romaine Stamos. But now she's not married to him anymore. Nope, 2005. This uh, she's uh, she's married to the guy. He's she's married from that kid from Stand by Me. Will Wheaton? No, the other one. The one that was <laughs> the one that was the one that was chubby in the uh, in the movie. Uh, Jerry O'Connell. Long time. Oh, I totally know that she's married to Jerry O'Connell because yeah, she, he yeah. is in uh, he's in the in Star Trek Lower Decks. He voices one of the characters in that show, and then she's on. Star Trek Strange New Worlds as uh, like number one or whatever, the, the first officer. Yeah. He also hosts the game show Pictionary on daytime TV. Yeah. Okay. So we, uh, we went a, a long way around uh, away from the book here at the beginning. So let's, <laughs> uh, 
Let's bring it back. We read four whole chapters this time. What did you guys think of these four chapters? Man, I feel for Kaladin's dad. Like, he seemed like a really decent guy this whole time, and turns out, oh, like, he pissed off his he pissed off his boss by the virtue of existing, and so now his like his boss has turned the town against him, and they're breaking into his house to rob his shit. So that's pretty fucked. And then like the actual the the bridge run, I'm just like. Oh, this is yeah. I I had a nasty feeling. I don't know. I didn't know what was going to happen, but when they started doing it, I'm just like, something's going to go very wrong here, and I don't know what. And then it's like the they lost the entire battle. Like, oh fuck, it's going to be a miracle if anyone makes it out of this alive. I was half expecting like Sadius just to come down and carve up the entire bridge crew. So yeah, that 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 was nuts. And after after that, I'm just like, oh, it seems like. The the chapter with Shalan and Yasna seemed like a bit of a breather after that. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. No, just crazy shit. Crazy shit this time. It really does seem like Kaladin's dad did absolutely nothing. And this guy just not just hates him, but like actively trying to destroy the, the, the surgeon's family for no reason at all. I, I think that's just the theme of the book because we see it with Sadius and a lot of the other Bright Lords. And like Cal and Kaladin's feeling towards him, the Bright Lords all have a habit of like shit doesn't just roll downhill. They are pushing it mm. as much as they can because fuck the lower class. That's that's a fair point. It uh, Kaladin has repeatedly been uh, the, talking about the light eyes and just they're all horrible. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, my my sentiments probably echo Dax really here. The chapter with Liren was was quite sad, but. I'm impressed with how he handled it in the end and the, those guys just kind of walking away. But it really, that really does suck. Also, like, you know, Liren's not the type of guy to turn anyone away for medical help either. So he's going to keep being in this hole because he doesn't want to not help people. But he now won't be paid anything for it and he won't charge for it. And that's uh, that sucks. So... The second chapter, yeah, that was intense. The the side carry, I I didn't see it completely derailing the the strategy of the of the army. I guess I didn't realize that he was gonna like it was going to be such a disruptive move. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they're gonna carry it on the side and just you know that the the bridge would go head on or something. I, I, yeah, but it sounds like he was really all over the place. And changing their their methods, so I kind of get why he's upset about it. I'm surprised they didn't take harsher action like against him there and then, sort of out of retaliation. But again, Kaladin's a pretty quick thinker and got his way out of that. Sort of. I mean, obviously now he's up to the the judgment of the High Storm, which also doesn't sound like a walk in the park. So I mean, it's still not a good day to be Kaladin. Um, <laughs> Joke. But I, I like our newcomer. Is it Lopin? Lopin. I was like, it sounds like Lupin, but it's not that. Lopin. I want to get to know him more. He sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> the little social bright spark that has just uh, entered the arena. Um, you know, he was given a task and he did it quite thoroughly and well and, you know, came through. So I, I look forward to meeting him a little bit more. Shalan. Yeah, her chapter was all right. I, I didn't realise... I don't know how I didn't realise that she didn't have the – sorry, that she did have the soul caster on her. 
And I was like, imagine, like, what if Yasna finds that? But I guess it's in the safe pouch. So you're not really going to go into someone else's safe pouch, I would imagine. Yeah. But sort of a dangerous game. How are you going to swap them out? You don't have a stone or anything here unless the stone isn't broken and it was just the the actual, like, the metal piece that that was broken. I, I don't know. I don't know what her game plan is here to, to swap them out, but. It seems a bit risky to me, and uh, she needs to get over her little crush on this guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, despite being brought bread and jam, you know, <laughs> he's like, okay, you, you need to leave her alone now. Yasna's going to get the shits with you big time real quick. That is that is a possibility. Yeah. Yasna clearly not a fan of this guy, so. Yeah. Like, happy, happy to visit, but will not entertain anything he has to say at all. And he has so much to say that he keeps not saying to her, maybe because she he knows she's not going to be interested in hearing it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you you made a good point about Liren, and I agree with you. It, it was a really it was really impressive the way that he handled that in the end. And it it always seems so bizarre to me this the, the, this chapter because it's just like does everyone not realize that's like if you don't pay the doctor and he can't live, then he's gonna have to leave. And then you're not going to have a doctor. Is that really what you want? Even light eyes guy, is that what you want really? But okay, whatever. Yeah. It's like, you guys are just digging your own grades really. Like, I mean, I feel like uh, this, this bright Lord's problem is with Liren directly, not against doctors. So theoretically another doctor could come in and charge money or Liren could just start charging money and he'd be okay with that. But, I, I I mean, I don't think he'd be okay with it, but if another doctor was to come in and start charging money, people would have the dirt because they're paying for medical help. But, uh, like, Liren's the one where the uh, the former Bright Lord died under his care. Mm-hmm. So the reason he's here now is because Liren didn't succeed in saving his life. So I'm <laughs> early prediction or hope. I just hope this other guy gets really sick and then Liren's not able to do anything for him. Yeah. That's that would be you know, just get a new bright lord in here that's that sucks less. Than this yeah. guy. Yeah. Exactly. I thought we might have been at the point of oh no, this is the end for Liren. This is the catalyst for what's gonna set Kaladin on his ta- on his path. But uh we're not quite there just yet. I feel like if Liren did like say, oh, okay, fine. You want me to charge? I'll charge for my work. Then I, I feel like this this is the kind of guy who's going to turn around and be like, oh, you see that? He doesn't care about you. He just wants money. Like he's just, he's, he's going to talk shit no matter what is the impression I get. But we don't know him that well yet, I guess. Exactly. Because it's him, he will not be able to do anything right going yep. forward. His only option is to leave, realistically. He's even telling Kaladin here. It's like, you know, don't don't come back here. This is a crappy place. You don't want to be stuck here like me. Uh, well, I guess there are crappier places, as Kaladin knows, but maybe, uh, I don't know. Right, yeah, it's like, maybe maybe you don't know what a crappy place really is, Liren. Uh, <laughs> the grass is always greener. Mm. So just because someone might be having a harder time than you doesn't mean you're not having a hard time. So That's it. true, yeah. Know where the grass is greener? Shin, because they actually have grass. <laughs> They have grass other places. It's just weird gla- gra- glass, grass yeah. that like pulls down into a hole in the ground in the rock when you <laughs> walk by. 
I am going to go yeah, out of really and assume an that that animal. grass is not, in fact, greener. Yeah, yeah, maybe not. It's not even grass. It's actually tiny crab animals. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the antenna sticking up. Yep. Can you imagine that? Just like you're walking an antenna that moves aside for you. <laughs> okay, that's actually kind of gross. Uh, yeah. Creepy. Yeah, that's what we do here on the Sander Lanch. We make it creepy. <laughs> Yeah, these chapters, uh, the flashback chapter, I'm, I'm kind of on, on board with everybody else. It's like, it's kind of this weird, sad moment, and you almost think it's going to be more climactic than it is because Liren kind of like, you know, knows who these people are, reasons with them, and they go away, at least for now. Um, so it's a little anticlimactic, actually. And as as interesting it is, it is it is to get these like kind of like, flashback chapters at the same time for me at least it's like really disruptive it's like it keeps taking me out of the story it would be like Hmm. i don't know for me i think they would be better if they weren't like chapters of their own if they were like asides in a kaladin chapter and kaladin's thinking back to this moment or something um but yeah i don't know for me it's like disruptive i'm on a roll kaladin shalan and then like oh now i'm back with kaladin but it's in the past so like it's it's kind of weird for me to to read it. I'm uh, you know that's just my preference to not have it that way, but it's fine. And then we've got uh, yeah things did not go well as I predicted they might not because you know in Sander in the Sanderlanch books that the Sanderson books that we're reading every time we think it might go well for somebody it usually does not. <laughs> uh, so you know it did not go well for him. But I think after the last chapter that we read, like, again, Kaladin seems like the main character of this, uh, one of the main characters of this book. So it would be shocking to me if he died at this point in the story. So somehow he's going to survive that high storm. And I think that'll be the way he must survive it will be far more interesting than than, you know, the the reasons he got there. So even though this is a kind of a short-term down downward trajectory for him i think i think this is maybe the lowest it gets and maybe after this high storm business everything's going to continue to to go up from here that would be my my guess based on based on how the chapter ends which you know is like oh dang you know our section we're on a cliffhanger here we don't know what's going to happen to him so that was that was kind of suspenseful because we don't know and then going backwards to the chelan chapter yeah i just I don't know. I, I just don't think she's going to pull this off. I, I talked about this last week. Like, She's not going to end up stealing it. Although, it sounds like if she did end up stealing it, Jasna's almost ex- uh, expecting it now, because she's like, yeah, that priest's going to tell you to steal my my uh, thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, would that actually open it up for her to be able to do it? She wouldn't even have to swap it out at that point. She'd be just like, no, yeah, uh, the priest told me to stole it, and I stole it, and I gave him, the, and, you know, she'd give him the broken one and then run off, you know? So, hmm. Yeah, play them off against each other. Yeah, yeah. So, who knows? I don't know. But uh, that's that's kind of where I could I could see this going. But, uh, yeah, fun fun read, uh, suspenseful end part for us, so I'm excited to be able to uh, to get done with the episode and read what happens to Galden, because we don't know. Yeah, it's... Uh, I, I like what you're saying about Kaladin with his, like... It, like 
maybe this will be his low point and it'll go up from here. But we've said before, it's like, well, I mean, how can you get lower than where Kaladin is now? And he always <laughs> found a way somehow. So I feel like it would be real hard to be lower than left out hanging upside down on a wall to die. Yeah. Uh, but maybe he'll impress us again and find a way to take it even further down. Yeah. He found a way. <laughs> Damn it, you beat me to it. <laughs> the real Slim Shady. Please stand up. Please stand up. How do you do a spoken word version of a rap song? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, uh, and it, it, it was a nice suspenseful uh, end to these chapters, huh? Uh, it'll be interesting uh, because next time we're actually going to get to the end of, uh, I mean, we're getting into this early, but we're going to do three chapters for next time, 35, 36, and 37. And as we've established the part one book that the Aussies are reading out of ends after part 36 or chapter 36, part 36. Um, and so, you know, it'll, uh, th- there may be another dramatic end, end to a chapter there. If they took any care to end in a good place. Dramatic pause. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's, let's do this thing. Let's get into these chapters. We start with, Chapter, I'm I, I'm on chapter 35 for some reason. We start with chapter 31, Beneath the Skin, which this is just six years ago. So we're, we're gradually getting closer to present day as we go through these flashbacks. Eventually, Kaladin will have a flashback and be like, five minutes ago. Oh, it'll be like an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! where we flashback to things that happened earlier that same episode. <laughs> <laughs> Remember two minutes ago when Mai said this? Yes, I do. All right, let's watch it. <laughs> but Yami Ooh, Yugi, this seems like a. <laughs> but Yami Yugi, this seems like a real waste of our time. I don't care. <laughs> I'm the Pharaoh. <laughs> well, I mean, the other option is you could do the DBZ route and just have him power up, going ah, for like ten episodes. Ah! Yeah, and it's like, ha ah, ah, I haven't even shown you my full power. It's like, okay, <laughs> when are we gonna get to that? Like, and then, you know. then, then Frieza changes forms, and then Goku has to power up again for another yeah. ten episodes. That's why I've stopped watching anime, and I'm only reading manga. Because you know what? It doesn't happen in the book. You just get to read it, and it goes on. Oh, well, question? You yeah. Do you know how long a minute is? But of course I do. I don't think you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, anime classic, classic anime. So yes, we we come into. Kaladin, he's just sitting in, in their, their living room, whatever you want to call it. He's doing his uh, studying, and his dad is over here drinking a cup of violet wine. Among the strongest of liquors is the violet wine. And uh, it also says the violet, the deep purple, is the color of Kremlin blood. So that's nice. Ugh. Purple crab yeah. blood. What a, uh, <laughs> what a metaphor. I don't know. Is that a metaphor? It's just it's two things that look the same. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That's just a comparison. I, yeah. Uh, what a comparison. <laughs> and his dad's like, oh man, don't, don't do what I did, dude. Don't, don't like, come back to this crazy, stupid, backward town. Force your beautiful wife to live away from everyone else she's ever known or loved. So apparently, uh, Kaladin's mom not from here. In case yeah. that was unclear. Well, you know. You could just let him be a soldier then, Dad. It's like, but you always said I should come back, Cal said. He's like, I'm an idiot. They don't want me here. They never wanted me. 
He's a, he's a morose drunk is what we're getting out of this. This all seems like this is resentments he's carried with himself for a long time, and he's just uh-huh. tried to push him down because he's doing the right thing. And now he's just like, a, oh, I tried doing the right thing, and no one gives a shit, so fuck them all. <laughs> it, it does come off like that, yep. A season of winter had come, but they couldn't afford charcoal for the brazier. Patients no longer gave offerings. So, yeah, apparently Rashon is just like, oh, if he doesn't want to charge, then why should you pay him any money? Because we have gratitude and empathy, you callous dick. Right? Yeah. Like, And all the townspeople are just like, man, Rashon makes a good point. Yeah, we totally shouldn't pay that guy to save our lives. Yeah, and so when little Timmy falls and breaks his leg or whatever, and uh, Liren doesn't have money to buy the anesthetic to yep. to set it, like, yeah, you're going to be rethinking your donations then? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, little Timmy, uh, sorry, I don't have money for medicine, so I'm going to have to cut your leg off. <laughs> yep. Rashawn will find somewhere to blame that on him as well. I'm sure, yeah, we're going to be like, see, the, he can't even save the kid's life or his leg or whatever. Is he worth anything? You know. And Cal's like, I don't get it. Why do people just want to please this guy so much? And his dad explains it's like uh, it's a human thing. You see people see a hole. They want to fill it. They see somebody who is dissatisfied with them. They want to try to make him satisfied with them, even if he's a petty piece of shit. And even if there's no way to ever actually make him uh, satisfied. And uh, Callan's like, you make it sound noble what they do. And Laren's like, eh, I mean, it kind of is. I shouldn't be so hard on them. They're petty, but it's the pettiness of ignorance. And apparently it's it, it has something to do with these spheres, the ones that uh, are going to be for Kaladin's schooling. He's trying to, like, put them in a position where they have to spend them. And Kaladin's like, well, why don't we spend some of them? Or at the very least, like, send them off to a moneylender or something, and then we won't have them and he'll leave us alone. And Liren's like, no, he's not the kind of guy who, like, spare a man once he's beaten. He keeps He's the kind of guy who keeps kicking. I don't know what political mistake landed him in this place, but he obviously can't get revenge on his rivals, so we're all he has. Poor fool. We find out Tien has been apprenticed to the local carpenter, so he's going to grow up to be a carpenter, maybe, because uh, he cannot handle the sight of blood, so he's not going to make a surgical apprentice. Well, we know he's not going to grow up into anything. I mean, you're not wrong. Too soon. <laughs> we uh, thought that several chapters ago. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kaladin is, uh, is still thinking maybe he's going to be a soldier. He's like, uh, yeah, when I'm 15 in five months, they'll probably take me. I'll keep studying, like, uh, you know, bodies, knowing about muscles and vital parts. That'll probably be good for a surgeon or a spearman. I mean, it's fair, I guess. And then somebody knocks at the door, and they open it, and there's a guy wearing, like, a ski mask, essentially. (laughs) I guess there wasn't a knock at the door. There's somebody, like, trying to break in, essentially. And he opens the door, and there's a dude standing there in a ski mask. And he's like, didn't expect to find anyone inside, did you? Yeah, Lyran. not all of us spend our nights out of the pub, jackass. Yeah, it is weird. It's like the middle of the night. Why would you not expect to find someone here Yeah, in their house? If I want to get drunk, I've got my own booze. Yeah, exactly. That's that's where that's where Liren gets drunk, on his violet wine. Especially the guy that you've, you've outcast from your society. Where is he going to go? Yeah. Is he gonna... <laughs> yeah. You can't head down to the local pub. You guys are not, you don't like him, you know? And it turns out there's more than one person out there in the darkness. And I like Liren's first reaction is like, it's been years since there was a theft in this town. I'm ashamed of you. Like, whoever you are, you're better than this. And then somebody's like, they're like, give us the spheres. They're not yours. It's like, oh, really? Does that make them yours? You think he'd let you keep them? Like, we'll give them to him. 
so yeah, I mean, I'm sure that he'll really love you if you bring him a bunch of money you stole and like, here, it's for you. And he he pulls out the goblet of spheres where he's got a black cloth covering it. And he's like, you want them here? And he pulls off the cloth and they glow all brightly because yeah. they're full of stormlight. And the vampires all go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, essentially. Ah. And uh, then when Cal can see them, he starts recognizing like, hey, that's so and so. I can tell from his leg that my dad has operated on like multiple times. <laughs> Ungrateful sacks of shit. And then uh, once once they're they're in the light, they start like slinking away. He's like, come on, you threaten violence against me. Hit me, rob me. Do it knowing I've lived among you almost my entire life, that I've healed your children. Come on, go ahead. And then the chapter ends with the men faded into the night without a word. What a a crappy mob. Yeah. Guys are terrible at this whole breaking and entering thing. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. No, we're going to go home. Get some. Never mind. Give us the spheres. That didn't work. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) it's the only plan i had (laughs) you said you had a plan that was the plan get her that was your plan (laughs) get her um so we move on to chapter 32 side carry where we come to more modern day kaladin the the epigraph is they lived high atop a place no man could reach but all could visit the tower city itself crafted by the hands of no man i wonder if it's like uh if it's like a Lord of the Rings thing where a woman crafted it. That uh, could be. Yeah. <laughs> and we had another like a uh, very scholarly sort of reference here where it's like, this is from, from a fanciful tale of romance from the third century after the recreants, whatever any of that stuff means. <laughs> I mean, I know what a fanciful tale of romance is. So I guess that, that, <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. Something with those, that many big words must be important. <laughs> <laughs> So it starts with they got better at carrying the bridge on its side, but not much better. So carrying side carry is still tough, but what can you do? Yeah, I mean, what they should have did is like ask the carpenters, hey, can you change the design slightly to make handholds on this? But they probably yeah, got in trouble maybe. for that. Yeah, they're probably like, no, we don't do what you say. And so Kaladin walks up as Gaz has uh, just got a, a batch of new bridgemen in. The, the newest version of bridgemen has arrived. And he starts, uh, he starts handing them out, like, you're going to bridge five, you go to bridge six, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Bridge four gets none. And Colin's like, dude, bridge four is down to 30 fighting members. Like, give us some. You gave everybody else some. And he has to kind of intimidate him a little bit. Like, Gaz is like, you barely lost anyone on the last run. And, and then Kaladin, like, reaches out and touches his arm. And Gaz, like, lifts his cudgel. And Kaladin just looks at him like, yeah, go ahead. Try it. I wish you would. And Gaz, uh, okay, fine. One, you pick one guy. Or he says one man, and Kaladin says, I pick him. He's like, yeah, whatever. They're all worthless anyway. And so he's, Kaladin's like, okay, which one of these guys looks the best? I need a good, tough new bridgeman. And that's when you get the Lopin. The Lopin. The one in the, <laughs> the Lopin. He says it earlier. He's like, yeah. hey, Gancho. He's like, I'm the only one named that in the whole world. <laughs> you want me? And this is, uh, so he's a Herdazian. We've talked about that before. Brandon has said that the origin of the Herdazians is that one day his wife was like, why do you have like all these European people in fantasy stuff and even Asian people in fantasy stuff? You never see any Hispanics in fantasy. And so that was the origin of the Herdazians is that he's like, you know what? Yeah, let's try for that. And then the audiobook narrator gives him the Australian accent because I, I don't know, maybe that's the accent that he can do. 
and that became the official Herdazian accent. So when you're reading so Lopin's lines, so <laughs> think of we're, we're, we're back to no Hispanics in. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know, not voice wise anyway, maybe culturally. Yeah. Dak, why don't you uh, why don't you read what he says here? Because I I totally agree that like the way the the parlance he says it, it sounds Hispanic. He's like, hey, Gancho. <laughs> yeah, like Gancho, like. When when they said, "Oh, this is where he's from," I was like, "Are those the Australian guys?" Like, but he's using like rather odd. Like, Gancho makes me think Gringo, which I lo- watch a lot of westerns, so I hear it all the time. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, where's a good Where's a good line for him? I'm just trying to think of what this audiobook guy sounds like, so I want Dak to do it. Okay. I mean, he's probably going full Crocodile Dundee on this, so. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Lopin, some of my cousins, they call me THE Lopin, because they haven't ever heard anyone else name that. I've asked around a lot, maybe 100 or 200, lots of people, sure, and nobody has heard of that name. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sorry, I'm out here looking for a clip from the audiobook where he does the, the, the Lopin, because I want to hear it too. I'm going to find this later. I'm really, I was hoping there was like a, a YouTube clip out there or something. Ever since uh, Jamie said Lupin, Lupin, I'm like, Lupin the third. The third. Yep, that's exactly me too. I'm I'm right there in the in the opening to the loop on the third. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. We're, we're we're gonna move on. Are we? Yep. <laughs> so, uh, so he looks at this guy and he's like a Herdazian and a one-armed Herdazian at that. Fingernails are slate-colored and crystalline because Herdazians have like weird, crazy crystal fingernails, apparently. And he <laughs> okay. he's got a. He's got an old slave slave mark on his head. So he's like, wow, this guy's been a slave for a while. Either he had a nice master before this, or he has somehow resisted being beaten down. You can use me. We heard Asians are good fighters, gone. You see, this one time, I was with sure three men, and they were drunk and all, but I still beat them. <laughs> just like, right, if, he, if he's saying this with the, with a the crocodile, no, the accent, he's not saying gone. He's saying gone. <laughs> like, go on. <laughs> G-A-H-N, basically. Gone. Yeah. Uh. And so Colin's like, this guy is going to be a terrible bridgeman. Like, he might be able to put a bridge on his shoulder, but he'll have no maneuverability with one arm. He can't, like, manipulate it. And then he gets this vo- this voice from his past. Got to do what you can to stay alive. Turn a liability into an advantage. And he thinks, Tien. It's like, okay, fine. I'll take the Herdazian. And Gaz is like, what? You, t- you pushed me that hard so you could pick this guy? Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't you worry about that. Let me worry about blank. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, he's he's like, why did you want me to pick you so badly? And Lopin's like, I mean, you were you were only picking one guy. So that means one guy gets to be special and the others don't. I got a good feeling about you. It's in your eyes, Gancho. And here's where we get his name is Lopin. Some of his cousins call him the Lopin because they haven't heard that name. So the Lopin and they go back to bridge four. He's like, okay, I mean, get in. There's some a, a blanket and some sandals and a vest. Just you know, get ready, I guess. And Rock is like, oh yeah, of course, Gaz is only going to give us the most useless bridgeman from now on. And Calvin's like, yeah, I'm just not going to make a comment on that. Leave that alert. Yep. And then the horn call comes, and he's like, okay, let's do this. And his crew is now trained. They're not like running around like chickens with their heads cut off. They're right there, like picking up the bridge, moving the bridge, way ahead of everybody else. And Lopin's like saluting with his one arm. And he's like, does he think he's actually in the military? And he tells him, go, go get some water skins from the carpenter's assistants. Lopin, fill as many as you can and catch up with us. And so they move on. 
And then when Lopin shows up with water, he's brought Dabit and Hobber with him. Hobber can walk, but not run. Can't run a bridge yet. And Dabit has never spoken since that first battle where he got like, uh, Collins call it like battle shock or whatever. And so he, between them, they brought a whole bunch of water. It's like, oh, all right, here, let, let's go then. And actually the water in and of itself is a huge help in addition to their training, which also a big help. But he says that being able to take a drink after crossing each plateau was as good as having a half dozen more men. It's weird to me that no one else has ever thought, hey, maybe we should bring some water with us. I because assume yeah. they'll get whipped. Maybe. It doesn't seem like anyone has an issue with it. Right. So, I wonder if you yeah. know, normally yeah, they, they like they're like, no, everybody should be running the bridge. Mm. OK, but how are they going to carry the water? Like if they bring anything with them, how are they going to do that? Oh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, in my imagination, like a water skin has like a strap so you can put it over your shoulder or whatever. But that's probably not the case. And so, yeah, the other bridge crews are kind of envious when they see that bridge four doesn't just collapse after put it, putting the bridge down anymore. They're like hanging out laughing joking because they've worked out they've built up the muscles over the last few weeks and then this is a very very long run to get out to where the battle is and the farther away it is the worse it is because it's very unlikely they will get there before the parshendi and because they're low on men he's like the parshendi will always target a bridge crew if they have fewer people than the others so this could be bad and they this one is so far out it's like the farthest out he's ever been basically to this plateau that's a weird shape and it's called the tower no alethi force had ever won a gem heart here so the parshendi are already here they haven't gotten the thing and left yet so this is going to be a bad one and kaladin's like we're not ready for side carry but if we don't do it then we might lose like half of our guys here so he tells them we're going to side carry and tef's like no that's crazy like it was interesting to try something different but it's not going to work and Kaladin comes out and he, for the first time, tells them why they've been practicing this. Like, we're going to use the bridge to block the arrows. I'm going to be in front. We're going to have to be faster than the other bridges because we're going to have to cover more ground, essentially, because we're going to be turning suddenly. It does sort of strike me as weird. It's like no one figured out that's why he's making them do this. Yeah, and I think Joe pointed that out, too, in a previous one. Like, should it be obvious that the bridge could be a block to arrows? But. No one's ever done this before, so no one expects someone to do it, I guess. Mm. Yes. And Lopin and the two other water carriers even get to hang back, and they don't get in trouble for not running the bridge, so that's good, since Hobber is incapable, and uh, Lopin would have a hard time. And so they get called uh, they, they get called to put the bridges up, and they put, put it up inside carry, and Lamoral is like, wait, what's going on? And he starts to move, and then Gaz, like, whispers something to him, and Lamoral's like, oh, okay. And... Just doesn't stop. He's like, I'm letting them do this because it'll kill him. (laughs) Like, this is what we talked about, where you want the guy dead. Here we go. And so they run and Kaladin is out in front and and watches the Parshendi raising their bows. And at just the right moment, he turns them. So the arrows get blocked and he does it again. And by the third time, like they the archers have moved on to easier targets. They're like, whatever. Can't hit you. Fine. We'll hit somebody else. And so they get their bridge down with absolutely no injuries to anyone in the bridge crew. Everyone is very excited. Moash is even like, oh, my gosh, you've changed bridge runs forever. Shut up, Moash. Hey, yeah, he's like, no, that's, that's not what I did, unfortunately. Yeah, Kaladin has, for the first time, looked at the battle as a whole, and he realizes that they have ruined this battle. 
Oh, I've made a terrible mistake. Yeah, he is very quickly begins to realize his mistake. Like, not only did they change up their approach, they did it in front of everyone else so that all the other bridge crews could see what they were doing and that they weren't they were avoiding the arrows. Mm-hmm. So then half of these other bridge crews are like, oh, we let's try that. But they don't have any experience carrying side carry. So it doesn't work for them. They start dropping it and getting off target and getting shot with arrows and very few bridges make it down. And even the ones that do aren't in like the correct formation anymore. So the cavalry charge is unable to make a a good charge. Essentially. I would love to be a fly on the wall just to see Sadius's reaction as he's watching all this go down. Well, apparently he's in the middle of the battle at this point. Cause uh, Callan even says that he's like, he can see Sadius over there. Uh, and that his position is not good. So he, he may not be completely aware of what has gone wrong quite yet. But Kaladin realizes, like, I've just cost Sadius this battle. And there are going to be consequences from that. And so Kaladin's like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get my men not murdered here in retaliation? And he thinks, I could say that Gaz told me to do this. He is the one who suggested do this on a bridge run. But there are no witnesses to that. It would be a, a he said, he said thing. And uh, Gaz has a little more status than the Bridgman. So and here come Gaz and Lamoral ready to punish Kaladin immediately. And Kaladin like comes right out and says it. He's like, like, Gaz, is like, do you know what you did? He's like, yeah, I, I ruined the army strategy. I threw the entire assault into chaos and you've come to punish me so that when your superiors come screaming at you, you can at least say that you acted quickly to deal with the one responsible. And yeah, they're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. Glad we got that sorted. Oh, wait, so wait, you, you know that? Okay. And Callan is like, I mean, if it's worth anything, I, I didn't know this would happen. I was just trying to survive. And Lamoral goes, Bridgman aren't supposed to survive, which is a Jesus th- Christ. Yeah, right. This is a statement that sticks around in Kaladin's head after this. And so as these two guys, as Lamoral waves some guys up to presumably kill him, Kaladin's like, look. If you leave me alive, I promise that I will tell them, your superiors, you had nothing to do with this. If you kill me, it's going to look like you were trying to hide something. Because you guys saw when we put the bridge into, like, the side carry, and you could have stopped us and you didn't. So it might look bad. Yeah. And Lamoral's like, fine, beat him, but don't kill him. (laughs) And uh, they beat him a little too hard, because uh, Kaladin passes out until the next chapter from the beating that they give him. Uh, also, he loses all his spheres, which kind of sucks. Like, all that money that they've been putting together. Oh, no, my spheres! <laughs> uh, and then we get a a, a picture with, a, like, a maps of Akana, Thalen City, Vedinar, and Kolinar, which is kind of cool and relevant to the upcoming chapter. So. Yeah, it was too small on my app. I couldn't really read any of it, so it's a little like, oh, I can't read this. What's happening? That writing is also hard to... It yeah. is not easy to read, even uh, on my computer screen here. No. In fact, I'm not sure I've ever actually read that one uh, because the letters are so small and I usually read it on my Kindle or not on my Kindle, on my phone, the Kindle app on my phone. Uh, I may have to go back and read that later. There could be all sorts of interesting things in here that I'm not seeing. Chapter 33 is Cymatics, which I had no idea what that was before reading this. I don't know if it's like a, a, a real thing. They changed even as we fought them, like shadows they were, that can transform as the flame dances. Never underestimate them because of what you first see. Uh, purports to be a scrap collected from Talatin, a radiant of the Order of Stone Wards. The source okay. is generally held as reliable, though this is from a poem that has been lost. 
So there's a bunch more stuff that we have no idea what the hell it means. So Shalon is in the palladium. I almost said palladium. It's palladium. Yeah. And she's uh, she's checking out some books, you know, looking around, looking it up. There's a bunch of emeralds, hundreds of emeralds used to provide light in here. Apparently they keep the royal treasury in here with the books because why not? It's extremely, this is the best guarded place in town apparently. And she's got these books that she's reading, like natural history books, which that's her calling was like natural history. And she's annoyed because the women who write these books, she's she's like either they're good at sketching and bad at science or they're good at science and bad at sketching. Or if they're good at both, they can't write worth a damn. So Vegas and chooses love. Yeah. She's like, there were so many holes in like our understanding of the natural world holes that I could fill. But no, I'm not here for that. She is, as we continue getting, uh, it's getting harder and harder, this idea of stealing the Soulcaster and running away. Although, Yasna has started using her as a bathing attendant, which, as I remember, there was some doubt, like, really? That's the thing that she would do? But yeah, see, there you go. I just feel like it's so contradictory to, hey, I'm going to take you under my wing and teach you how to research and, and the ways of the world and all that sort of stuff. But also, you can help me, Bar. <laughs> That would be, uh, yeah, especially with our our sensibilities. If your college professor was like, "Okay, I'm gonna need you to help me take a bath," then uh, yeah, that would there would be something <laughs> deeply wrong with that. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, sir, I don't I don't want to go in the bath. <laughs> just, just imagine Yasna going lower, lower, yeah, lower, too low, <laughs> too low, lower. <laughs> Oh, man. You know, it does, again, this makes me think of, like, anime. There's so many anime where, like, a sensei and a, and whoever they're teaching go into, like, a hot spring bath together, and you're like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, we... Different cultures. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's what it is. So, with Yasna, Shalon has sketched some of the times she's seen Yasna use her soulcaster. Like, she turns a piece of paper into fire. Not lights it on fire. Turns it into fire. And then... At, w- at one point, she needs a paperweight, so she turns the wine she's drinking into a chunk of crystal to weigh down some papers, while the goblet weighs down some other papers. That seems excessive. Yeah, right? And so it seemed that this soulcaster was attuned to three essences in particular, vapor, spark, and lucentia. But it should be able to create any of the ten. From Zephyrus, Zephyr to Talus. Talus included stone and earth, which is how they would create new mineral deposits for her family. I only know that because of the Zelda games, and they have the stone monsters that are called the Talus. Oh, that's true. I hadn't made that connection. So let's see. Yakoved does not have a lot of soul cust soul custers soul casters. <laughs> soul custard. Yeah, exactly. Um, so <laughs> their their precious stones could sell at a premium. You can't create yeah. gems, but you can create other important things. We should open. They should open a bakery and sell soul custard. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Sweet, sweet soul custard. And so we have, uh, she's like Jamie mentioned, she's got the uh, the broken soul caster in her safe pouch, which she keeps in her sleeve or with her safe hand. One of the settings and part of the chain had been damaged, but it was fixed so well she couldn't even tell where the cuts had been. So hopefully Yasna won't know the difference. And she's just, she's not sure she can do this. Yasna's not who she thought she'd be. And this life is really, really attractive to Shalon, so... But then again, she's got her three brothers at home depending on her to not die. So, you know, that's kind of important. Yeah, but they kind of lost causes. 
I, I like we've seen them. We've seen like one of them that one time, and you're like, nah, they're all <laughs> just just forget them, man. <laughs> eh, yes, they're yes. the worst. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and she's been trying to secretly like research or figure out what Yasna's up to, and she finds this one book that she saw Yasna reading. It turns out to be a book of children's stories, and she's like, well, what the, why was she reading this? I feel like that's a it's like a big fantasy thing, like children's books being actual like historical documents. Yeah. There's a, there is a similar thing in like uh, Name of the Wind that I recall, so, or maybe and, the second and, one. And Harry Potter. Mm, that's true. I hadn't remembered that. Yeah. yeah. No, it was uh, first Name of the Wind. And so all these, it, it seems to be just a collection of stories about ghosts and void bringers and all that sort of stuff. And she's like, yeah, I don't understand why she would be looking at this, but okay. And she has, she she makes to herself the quip that shadows remembered would have been better off forgotten. Yasna was a veristatist. Italian, she constructed the truth of what happened in the past. So why was she interested in this? Hmm. So then Yasna goes back, or sorry, Shalon goes back to the alcove, and who's there but Capsol, the ardent that she met on her first day here. And apparently he's been showing up a lot. Strangely, uh, it seems to be he always shows up when Yasna's not here. And he has brought some bread and some jam, which, as we recall, when he asked, what do you like, Shalon? She was like, jam. Just like instantly shoots back with that. So here we go. Yeah, that was like when I asked a person I worked with, what's your favorite movie? And like she she said it like she was swinging a katana. So instantly she was like Shrek. Interesting. OK. OK. I mean, you know, good for you. Yeah, I mean, I didn't Enjoy I didn't judge. Enjoying? I was about to say I didn't judge her, but, you know, that's a that's a fine choice. It's yeah, fine. No, it's a decent movie. It yeah. seems like a weird favorite to me. But, you know, you do you. That's right. So one of my favorite memes I saw recently was uh, one of it's one of those anti work memes. It was just like a you know, like this meeting was 90 minutes long. That's how long the first Shrek movie took. Are you telling me like we had to have this meeting that took as long as Shrek took to find love, find self-esteem, and dismantle the the monarchy? <laughs> the I mean, you know, Shrek's journey yes. took several days. To be fair, but that's true. It was just captured in snapshots of 90 minutes. In 90 minutes, <laughs> semantics. <laughs> uh, we 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 see some more parchment, which have been kind of ubiquitous in the books, and we keep getting this comparison, like, are they really fighting Parshman on the Shattered Plains? Like, she'd never known a Parshman to so much as raise their voice. They didn't seem bright enough for disobedience, which, that's kind of gross, quite honestly, that that entire statement. Yeah, this is getting very uncomfortable. And uh, she's like, I guess the Parshendi aren't like other Parshmen. They're bigger, they wear armor, or they have armor that grows from their skin. They spoke more frequently. Maybe they're like a distant cousin to the Parshman. There's a whole discussion about what the jam that you like says about your personality. Apparently, someone wrote a book called Palettes of Personality, and they're eating Simberry jam, which, according to that book, means that uh, you're spontaneous. You have a spontaneous, impulsive personality. And what is a Simberry, you ask? Mm. Good question, Joe. We'll <laughs> never, we'll never find out. Nope. It grows on the back of a sim crab. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> A simulated crab, a sim- simulated <laughs> berry. Sure, why not? I googled Simberry to see if there was anything, uh, you know, in brand and stuff about it, and the first thing that comes up is a company called Simberry Solutions, mm. dedicated to the call and SMS termination market. Sounds like they want to get sued by Brandon. Mm-hmm. This uh, podcast not not sponsored by Simberry Solutions. Yeah, it has a clear flesh and a rind that is presumably red in color, since it is made into a red jam. Okay. Uh, there seems to be not much additional information. <laughs> Some world builder he is. 
It can also be fermented into a sweet fruit wine. Mm, fruit wine. Simberry wine. Box of wine. <laughs> so uh, he, they, they have a whole thing where it's like, you know, predicting someone's personality from something like this. Or uh, the day I was born, the position of Talon's scar on my seventh birthday. By numerolo- numerological extrapolations of the tenth glyphic paradigm. I think we're all more complicated than that. And I do like his response, like, wait, people are more complicated than numerological extrapolations of the 10th glyphic paradigm? No wonder I have such difficulty understanding women. Like, we have no idea what the 10th glyphic paradigm is or how you would extrapolate it numerologically, but I like the line. Yeah, it's like, yeah, the context is enough. It's it's like when you watch a Spanish soap opera, you may not know what they're saying, but you get it. We find out that Yasna also uh, hates all kinds of jams, so... uh she is a jam heretic, too, he says. And I'm not going to get into all that. Who really cares? Uh, but Capsule's one of the points. He, like He's here uh, trying to look after Shalon's soul because she's getting so close to Yasna, who is uh, a heretic, and they don't want hereticism, her, her, heresy to like – they don't want her to catch heresy like a disease or whatever. Hmm. Heretism? Heretism. <laughs> I feel like that sounds like you're inheriting something. Heretic, heretic. <laughs> and uh, so, yes. He is tra- no, that's not right. Shalon tries to be like, I mean, she doesn't re- like she's not really vocal about her beliefs unless you like provoke her. She's she's not trying to convert anyone else. And he doesn't really seem to buy that. But she, brightness Yasna is a very powerful and intriguing woman. We would expect her ideas to be infectious. Infectious, eh? Which leaves like, OK, so Shalon had made an earlier comment about like he said something and she's like, oh, are you saying I'm like a disease? And he's like, what? No. And then leads to one of my favorite of her little witticisms here where she's like, I thought you said I was the disease. And he's like, I didn't say that. Yes, but I pretended you did, which is virtually the same thing. <laughs> which, it's it's it, that one always makes me laugh. Forgotten that one. <laughs> but that logic, no one ever stands a chance, ever. ever. Right, exactly. <laughs> I can say things and just claim that you said them, and it's the same, so it's fine. <laughs> Is this admissible in court? No! <laughs> I just, I love just the idea of, I never said that, but you did, in my mind, and it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, yes, it's it's like when when uh, when you're, you wake up and you dreamed about your spouse doing something bad and then try to blame them for it in real life. Yep. Uh, yep. Fun, fun. Anyway, um, he tries to like recruit her over to his devotary. She belongs to the devotary of purity, and they're not supposed to recruit, but he's like, "Yeah, we all kind of do it." And then we look down our noses at the other people for doing it, but it's just, yeah. And let's see, does he actually say what his devotary is? I'm sure he does, but I've forgotten it now. Oh, he does. Does it start with an I, maybe? Hang on, I'm flipping through the book. Yeah. I've lost the page. Oh, shit. I mean, I, we, we don't know much about the devotary, so it may not. It probably doesn't really matter, but uh, I'm just... It's bothering me now. It's not purity. No, yeah, her, that, that's the one she's already in, because her dad, like, picked it for her. It, it focuses on being pure. Who would have thought? Can't find his... I found like five mentions of the devotory of devotory of purity and I can't find his own. No, you know, yeah. I don't think he does say because I kept waiting for him to say it in the chapter. And I was like, when is he going to tell her what it's called? And then he never did. Interesting. Well, anyway, 
editor's note at this point. During the editing, I looked back and found that he does, in fact, say what devotary he is from. It is the devotary of insight. So Dak requested that I add this so that no one ats him. I now return you to past me talking. So he's like, oh, yeah, mine's a much better fit for you than the, I mean, you know, purity's great and all, but. Yeah, purity's great, but being sinful, it's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've had this guy all wrong. He's actually just hedonism bot. Yeah. I mean, that, that'd be an interesting devo, Terry, I gotta admit. <laughs> I <laughs> apologize for nothing. <laughs> we come down to what he, what he has come ready for is to prove. He has proof of the existence of the Almighty. I just, I just wish I could get Yasna to listen to me. I want to be the one who converts her to yeah, believe. Yeah, uh, good luck with that. <laughs> right. And uh, so she's like, okay, well, show me this proof that you're talking about. Because, I mean, I believe in the Almighty, but I'm curious. So he says, okay, just, well, here, let me show you. It's it's just one of those things, like, I, I, this is a fantasy setting where we know there are gods. We've met a couple of them. We've uh-huh. spoken to some personally. But as soon as he says, I want to prove to someone else that they exist, I'm just like, (laughs) that's not happening. (laughs) And so he does this thing, Cymatics, the the title of the chapter, where he shows her these major cities and he's like, look how, like, symmetrical they are. uh, Kolinar, Thalen City, the ones that we saw the pictures of at the beginning of the chapter, basically, Vedin City or Vedinar, I think it used to be called Vedin City, whatever. And so he talks about how they're so symmetrical and that shows that they're holy. And she's like, well, but men built the city. They wanted symmetry because it's holy. And he's like, yeah, but, but here's the the, the kicker. He pulls out a metal plate and pours some sand on it. And then like draws a string across it or smacks it with a string. However it is. It's like, yeah, the study of patterns is cymatics. And he, drew, he draws the bow, the string, and he smacks the plate, and it makes the sand into the pattern of Kolinar. And she's like, oh, wow, that does look exactly like it. And here's another one. Here's another plate. Here's Vedinar, Dalen City, and so on and so forth. Look, proof of the Almighty's existence in the very cities we live in. Look at the perfect symmetry. And uh, he says, our very language is symmetrical. Look at the glyphs. Each one can be folded in half perfectly. Our alphabet Fold any line of text drawn across it, and you'll find symmetry. Surely you know the story. Does make me think of aeons? Uh, kind of, right? Although I don't think the aeons are necessarily symmetrical. You know the story that both the glyphs and letters came from the Dawn Singers. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, it definitely gave me Elantris vibes. Mm. Even our names. Yours is nearly perfect. Shalon. Off. One letter off. An ideal name for a light-eyed woman. And then he talks about other... Other names of cities and stuff or kingdoms that were perfectly symmetrical, which uh, when you look at them, is uh, d- does it appear perfectly symmetrical? Yeah, they're playing a bit fast and loose with perfect there. So one thing that you have to know uh, for, for that to make sense, and it is introduced later, but I don't think it's a spoiler. To So when they talk about names being symmetrical, basically H is a wild card. Uh, it can substitute for any other letter to create symmetry. So when you look at it and uh, and think of it that way, they actually are uh, pretty symmetrical. Okay. But yeah. Anyway. And here comes Yasna, and Shalon's like, oh, I'm so sorry. 
And she's like, oh, you're not a captive. You're allowed visitors. Just be careful to check your skin for tooth marks. These types have a habit of dragging their prey out to sea with them. <laughs> and uh, she sees the the somatic thing, and she's like, can you can you that plate produce a somatic pattern corresponding to your Ethereum priest? Or do you only have patterns for the standard four cities? And he says, your Ethereum is just a fable. And she's like, well, weird. One would think your type would be used to believing in fables. Ouch. Oh, damn. We could burn. Not holding back. And after he leaves, Shalon's like, dude, that was that was really rude. She's like, yeah, well, I, I have I'm prone to that uh, around a certain type. Uh, also, I have a rep. I want to make sure he got what he expected. <laughs> and uh, she says the other ardents in the Palladium haven't been working to turn my ward against me. And he, she's like, no, he's just worried about my soul. Oh, yeah? Has he asked you to steal my soul caster yet? And she, Wait, what? No, just watch. He will. Heart he's, races. Yeah. Pulse oh, fuck. oh, fuck. What does she do? <laughs> He's not interested in you, not in any of the ways you think. It's about me. And she goes, that's somewhat arrogant of you, don't you think? Only if I'm wrong, child. And I rarely am. All right. <laughs> I love this crabby bitch. I know. Isn't she fun? And then we get uh, a, a very short line from The Way of Kings as our as the the for chapter 34, Stormwall. It says, I walked from Abamabar to Urethiru. A quote from the eighth parable of the Way of Kings seems to contradict Verala and Sinbion, who both claim the city was inaccessible by foot. Perhaps there was a way constructed, or perhaps Noadon was being metaphorical. And so Kaladin is uh, is unconscious and kind of drifting in and out, and he's thinking, Bridgman aren't supposed to survive. There's something about that. Meanwhile, we've got Syl being like, come on, Kaladin, please don't be hurt anymore. Yeah, you know, use some magic and heal me then. And so Kaladin has been strapped to the side of the barracks building upside down to wait for uh, the the high storm. And his hands are hanging free. And he starts prodding himself and checking for broken ribs and things like his dad taught him. And he's like, yeah, I'm pretty messed up. Collarbone probably broken, some ribs at least cracked, probably broken there too. I'm alive. What happened? You were beaten by those soldiers. I've gotten back at them. I made one of them trip three times today. <laughs> Glad to have you on my side, Syl. That's that's a, that's a friend there. And so uh, after the battle, there was a lot of yelling. People got demoted. Lamoral got executed. That I Sad- did not see coming. Right? Sadius did it himself the hour the army got back from the plateau. He said something about ultimate responsibility falling to the light eyes. Lamoral kept screaming you'd promise to absolve him. <laughs> and that Gaz should be punished instead. Well, at least it wasn't boring while I was out. <laughs> right? <laughs> what did I uh, miss? Like, ah, boss is dead. Gaz? No, no, boss is boss. Oh, shit. Cal is just like, well, he shouldn't have had them beat me senseless. It's his own fault. And, uh, I do want to point out, I have spent most of this book shitting on Sadius for the way he treats Dark Eyes, and I assure you, I will continue to do that. <laughs> but... But his little note that ultimate responsibility falls with the light eyes, did not expect that from him. Okay, one point in your favor. You're still at like negative 47, but you're not at negative 48. There you go. Yep. And uh, apparently it's a thing. Kaladin says right of responsibility. In a disaster like this, the light eyes are supposed to take most of the blame. They like to make a show of obeying old precepts precepts like that when it suits them. So Lamoral got the brunt of the responsibility by being executed. 
Kaladin, on the other hand, is being hung up for judgment by the Stormfather. And then Syl goes off and comes out with Rock and Teft and Moash, who says, despite his protests that he didn't trust Kaladin, looked almost as concerned as the other two. Lordling, you awake? Yeah, so the battle was bad. They lost over 200 bridgemen. And he thinks, it's all my fault. I protected my own at the cost of the others. And Rock is like, look, I, uh, we need to say something. We're going to remember you. Bridge 4 won't go back to how it was. Maybe we'll all die, but we'll show the new ones. Fires at night, laughter, living. We'll make it a tradition for you. And so, uh, yeah. The, I mean, no one can do anything about it. They're like, we talked about cutting you down. But apparently that would just earn them the same punishments. So. And Sadius said something about Kaladin. Said he understood how a bridgeman would want to save his life even at others' expense. He called you a selfish coward, but acted like that was all he that could be expected. Yes, he's back on negative forty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> he says he's letting the Stormfather judge you, Jezereza, King of Heralds. Which now that I've told you, if you pay attention to the names like Jezereza, you'll see it is symmetrical uh, with the H wildcard. Jezereza. You'll you'll notice that about a lot of the names in the book. Uh, and so Kaladin is like, I want you to do something for me. You go in there and you tell them that once the storm is over to come out here and look up and I'll open my eyes and they'll know I survived. And they're like, OK, yeah, we'll do it. And Teft gives him a sphere for luck, says it's the only one we could save from your pouch. Gaz and Lamoral took the rest. We complain. But what were we to do? And she she's like, why did you say that? And Kaladin explains that it's basically like an all in. And bet he's put his money on the real long shot that he'll survive because if he doesn't, then, you know, no big deal. It'll just be what they expected anyway. But if he does somehow survive, then they'll see it as a miracle that he predicted. So that's a big that could be a big, big win for him if it works out that way. Do you wish again? He's a main character. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, be surprised if it didn't work out that way. Do you want to be a miracle? No, but for them, I will be. And he can see the storm wall approaching, curtain of rain and wind at the front of the high storm, a massive wave of water, dirt, rocks, hundreds of feet high, thousands upon thousands of windsprint. So yeah, this is going to be bad. And the chapter ends with he takes a deep breath and it come, the storm wall hits and slams into him. And that's where we stop. Very dramatic. And so, of course, for the next five chapters, we won't see yeah. Calvin. I'm sure it's, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll be the end of the book. Like, oh, by the way, Kaladin was okay. (laughs) We'll get to the end of the book and you've got Kaladin and Kelsia sitting up somewhere going, look, we survived. (laughs) I know it's, uh, I know it's not, but it it would be funny if that was the end of part one and you guys only had the first book. (laughs) (laughs) That would suck. (laughs) Wait, what happened to him? Yeah. Well, that's just the end of the book. Like you, you, you didn't realize there was a second part. You just bought this one book, and you're like, oh, okay. I, I can just uh, imagine, like, you know, some some poor granny has given their kid a book at Christmas, and there's and they get to the end. It's like, granny, this book ended on the worst possible note. Then, then they just never realized there was a part two. Yeah. I think I, I think I saw someone online who was bitching about Lord of the Rings, saying. They watched. They watched the two towers, and like the last thing they saw of Saruman was him commanding his army to go, um, to go and you know conquer people. 
And then you just never saw Saruman again after that. And everyone's like, are you sure you put in disc two of the two towers? <laughs> yeah. Turns out he didn't. It was such a weird ending, but, you know, what can you do? Yeah. Okay, we are now at 52% of the way through this book. So oh, makes sense halfway. That y'all's, yep. Makes sense that y'all's is ending soon, since that's supposed to be half the book. So we are, uh, we, we've hit that halfway mark. I think we've hit the halfway mark in a number of episodes, too. I think this is our 15th episode of uh, this book, and there's it's supposed to be 30 total. So we're we're right right on target. So, predicaments. <laughs> what is coming next? Where are we going? What's going to happen? What's going to happen to Kaladin and Shalon and Gary and Lopin? Wh- whoever, you know, wh- what's going on? And the rest. <laughs> <laughs> All my friends. And Zoidberg. Also um, Zoidberg. <laughs> So, uh, well, yeah, we're all calling that Kalan is not going to die. It'll be, it's going to be very nice when they they get him down and he just goes, ha, nice try, God. Next time, bring your A game, jackass. <laughs> flipping flipping the, the birds to the sky. But I think this like this is where the start of Kaladin's myth is going to spread. You know, we we're making I've been making jokes pretty much most of this book that Kaladin would be a Spartacus and starting some uprising. So now that his actions have gotten the attention of Sadius and he has survived, he survives the storm, like it, word of him is going to spread throughout the camp. He's no longer just a bridge crew guy. He's the bridge crew guy who lost them the battle, got strung up in a storm and then walked out of it alive. So like he's he's going to become a mythical figure in this camp. And I think that's ultimately going to lead to him being summoned to Dalinar in the hmm. end. I think it's okay. going to take a bit of time, but I think Dalinar's going to hear about this guy. I'm just like, all right, I kind of want to see this guy who has just like absolutely tweaked Sadius's nose so much from the position of a bridge crew, because the fact that he's he's trained his bridge crew and like made them into a, a united force is going to be intriguing to Dalinar. So he's like, all right, let's talk, buddy. And Kaladin will not be about that because he's just like, you're a light eyes. The fuck do I want to talk to you for? Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe Dalinar will buy him out of Sadius's army because he's effectively a slave. And and Kaladin be like, hey, you got to bring my whole crew too. I'm like, all right, fine. So he just takes that whole bridge crew. Not effectively a slave. He is literally a slave. Yeah, true. Uh, but yeah, that's you point out something that I hadn't considered before. That's yeah, if the two of them did meet, then Kaladin probably not gonna be real open to Dalinar uh, at, at least at first meeting, right? Because as you pointed out, he's kind of got it in for all light eyes, and yeah, Dalinar falls into that category. I think he mentioned Dalinar by name at one point because Syl was like, oh, this Dalinar's a good guy. And Callan's yep. like, he's a light eyes. Yep. So it, their yeah, first meeting might be them. interesting indeed. Yeah. Similar, yeah, look, Kaladin will survive the high storm, you know, and they're, they're all like, you're going to go up into the high storm for, for judgment. I don't know how many people have actually survived the high storm. Like Kaladin talked about, eh, it's been done, but... I don't feel like it's going to be something that's completely common. So save like Sadius and, and Gaz and, and all other levels of management in between have strung him out here to die. So he's not going to die, which means he's been judged, you know, worthy enough to continue living. So what's that going to do for, I guess, the other people in the camp, the other bridge crews and stuff, maybe – I was sort of hoping that he would go through to meet Dalinar as well, but I think maybe that's not going to happen yet. 
the crews have started, the other bridge crews have started watching him and, like, the other crews could see that his crew was doing much better. They had no fatalities. They then started copying him on the battlefield. So given that the High Storms judged that he should live, then I think possibly Gaz, Sadif, I don't know, they're going to have to do something with Kaladin because he's now, like, he can live, but he's also a liability because he could just completely unravel their their battle plans. However, he's got solutions that actually work, I mean, to keep the bridge crew surviving, but maybe they'd have to rethink. You're going to have other bridge crews that are going to get the same ideas, right? They're not supposed to live, but they know that Kaladin's methods are working. So if more crews are going to do that, they're going to have to change their whole plan. I don't think it's going to be as simple as just kicking Kaladin out. Like, where are you going to put him? He's kind of going to come this, going to become this legend, particularly amongst all the bridge crews, but word of him will spread. I think eventually it'll lead to Dalman, but I don't think it's going to happen super quickly. I What I'm hoping to see is his experience in the High Storm. So we've seen Dalinar's experience in the High Storm. I'm hoping something happens to Kaladin that starts to piece together for us why He's got some kind of abilities and is a bit lucky. Like they made reference again to the spears, um, like all the stormlight infusion is gone once he's done that run and hearing his experience of how he ran, like it felt like he was doing it on his own. Like there's there's something magical, you know, happening happening to him. So I hope we hear his experience in the high storm. Maybe that is what will draw Dalinar's attention more than what his um like his work on the battlefield and his work with the crew will be because obviously Dalinar's experiencing his own things in the storm. Maybe maybe they will find each other on in the high storm. Like maybe that's how they'll meet rather than actually meeting in person because we've only seen one instance of Dalinar in the high storm and he's gone like way back in the past but there's no mm-hmm. reason he could be in the present and like experience or they both go back into the past or something I don't know I think I, I'd almost like to see them meet that way before they really meet in person that would be really interesting to to sort of see unfold don't know how Syl's going to tie into all of that but we'll we'll see my only other thing with Shalan is her her ardent friend I don't know that I trust him I don't know if we've got secret bad guy predictions here. <laughs> he just seems to hang around a lot. Like, he's not making headway with Yasna. He seems to like Shalan, and he comes along with this whole I'm looking out for you piece. But Yasna is very, very clearly up on all the tricks to be converted and, and all that sort of stuff. I was like, oh, maybe he is coming for Shalan. But then I had a thought that and it's pretty out there, but maybe he's actually a spy for Yasna oh. to stuff out going on. Like, does Shalan have an alter- alternative motive? Because, I mean, who she is and her standing, someone chasing her so actively to be a ward, like, yes, it's desired, but there's something else going on with Shalan and she doesn't know what that is yet. Like, she, you tell me that she's not doing her research on who she is and her family and, and all that sort of stuff as well. So it wouldn't surprise me if she planted someone to to be a friend, not necessarily to do anything bad to her, but to try and get a gauge on who she is that's just not who she is around Yasna. Yeah. 
So I thought that could be kind of interesting and, and you wouldn't suspect it if this person is here trying to convert her. Like, well, they're not going to be friends. And just that he's like, he's different to all other artists. And now it's not just that he's different and he's younger and everything, but he's doing stuff that's like, hang on a minute, that's that's very unardent of you. I think he said something. I was converting people, but there was something else that he did and he got really embarrassed and she called him out on it as well. And I was like, there's a lot here that you're doing that doesn't seem to be typical ardent behaviour. Mm. So I reckon something going on with him. I don't know exactly what it is yet, but you know, secret spy maybe. I don't know. I had not considered the Yasna planting someone to secret app, but now that you've said that, I am on board so hard. Like I'm, I'm with this. <laughs> this this guy this guy is the spy. Got it. <laughs> yeah, that is actually a really clever possibility that you brought out. Like because you're right, that would be the perfect way for Yasna, especially if she's she makes it sound like it's like has have they asked you to steal my soul caster yet? Like this is a thing that has happened to other people, whether it was wards, whether it was other people close to her. And so if yeah. she if she wants to know if Shalon is trustworthy when it's in a situation like that, where it's her religion that she follows, that she believes in with all her heart versus, you know, her loyalty to Yasna, then that might be the way to test it. I, I feel like if that test came out, if Shalon is like tortured by this decision and then finds out that it was a test that she'd be very pissed off about it. Well, she'd be indignant about it if she wasn't also planning to steal from Yasna already. I don't know that she could get away with being indignant at that point. Exactly. Like, yeah, there'd be a certain level of anger, but also look what you were doing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I really like, I really also like what you were saying about Kaladin because we seeing his experience in the storm is going to be interesting. He said that he's like been outside during a high storm before, but like hiding from it in ways, never like exposed to it. So we yeah. don't know. We don't know if, if he will have some sort of vision like Dalinar does, or if uh, really we don't know what happens outside in High Storm. We've never seen it. We've seen Dalinar have his visions, but he's inside when it's happening. Correct. And so whether he has a vision or whether he's just outside during the storm, it'll be interesting to see. Something something about the storms charges up the spheres with light. That's where the storm that, that's why it's storm light. The spheres light? get yeah charged during the storm with that light so at the very least something of some kind happens during this storm and i want to see what goes on out there so that should be i, I agree Ooh, yeah and if cal is somehow utilizing the storm light from the spheres maybe he can if they put him out in the middle of a high storm his body will juice up on storm light that'd be interesting Could be. Yeah. yeah you'd expect something pretty amazing to happen to him Indeed. Although apparently most of the time, all that happens is you die when they uh, turn you <laughs> up like that. But, you know, something amazing, or you die. One of them. Yeah. Or yeah, both. Not everyone's draining their own. No, not everyone's draining their own spheres of stormlight, are they? So That's true. Yep. Something going on. Not everyone has their own Tinkerbell spren watching over their shoulder and just like, hey, hey, no dying. <laughs> yeah, maybe she'll help. She's a wind spren. There's thousands of wind spren blowing around. Maybe she'll make some friends and help them yeah. out. Hmm. An army of sills, eh? God, it's just like Harry that would be an experience. His, his army, his army of pizza pixies. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they all come up and they're all talking to him and they're all going on about this, that, and the other thing. And I just, I feel like he would just be like, "Oh my god, go away!" <laughs> He's like, "Oh my god, now, I, now, like they've all shut up and all I can hear is the storm and the sweet relief of the <laughs> deafening storm." 
<laughs> ladies, ladies, please. Only one man. <laughs> this flesh, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is spongy flesh is and spongy bruised. Spongy and bruised. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Well, where are we this week? I mean, I, I like everything that, that Dak and Jamie have brought to the table this week. I, I With Shalane, yeah, like, I, I just think she's going to decide to just stay with, with Jasna. That's the decision she's going to make, whether that's, like, forced on her with, like, her family falling apart or, or if it's, like, Yasna figures out that her family's on hard times. And, you know, if she got in, this is something that I might predict. If she got in with Yasna and Yasna's like, yeah, you're my ward now. Everything's cool. Then she could just be like, yes, I've got a really big problem. My family's, like, going to die. Mm. Would you, like, could you help me out? You know, I don't know. I feel like that's not, maybe it's an inappropriate thing to request from the person teaching you. But at the same time, she's got lots of money. Yeah, she's you know? very powerful. She she could maybe pass word and, you know, take Debts care of it. Who forgiven, knows? you know. Yeah. The thing uh, you're forgetting, though, it could involve characters actually having a conversation with each other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would involve somebody being real with somebody else and being like, yo, and not just talking about, like, pallets and berries and shit. You're right. Like, I don't want to rob <laughs> you, but... Uh, All of a sudden, the Stormlight Archive is two books. Yeah. <laughs> Just talk yeah. to each other, man. Come on. St- Stormlight Archive is like Seinfeld, because in Seinfeld, like most of their problems could have been solved if they had a cell phone. <laughs> so the Stormlight Archive is like, you know, a comedy without a cell phone. <laughs> okay. All they do is have conversations with each other in Seinfeld, though. That's true. To the but, opposite uh, problem. It's usually like after the fact. It's like too late at that point. Mm. Uh, there's some saying I can't remember what it is, but it's something to the effect of like you, you like that's how you create tension. Like each character has something that they that they need to tell the other person. That they refuse to tell the other person. Figure yeah. out the reasons. <laughs> yeah. So like you know, it's a thing. So yeah, you got that whole thing with Shalane going on. Maybe maybe she'll get real with with Jasna. You might be like, hey, you know, when I first wanted to be your ward, like, I did kind of want to learn, but mainly I was here to trick you. But now you're like this amazing person and I've learned so much. I just want to stay with you. You know, maybe there'll be a conversation like that that happens. Probably not because, you know, people are flawed or whatever. But <laughs> uh, maybe it'd be, it'd be good. Uh, so so we got the Shalane stuff. We got the Kaladin stuff. Yeah, I think we're all on board. Like, he's going to survive. He'll be, like like Jamie said, he's going to be the survivor of the Stormlight as opposed to, or the High Storm as opposed to the survivor of Hathson. Oh, is this um, why Kel- Kelsey is, like, ke- like raining hell on this planet? He's like, someone about to steal my bit. Yeah. Church of that, Su- though. Yeah, that's true. Church of Survivor, my foot. <laughs> yeah. Survivor of the fire, Survivor. I guess, I guess, uh, I guess what we're learning here is Brandon just really likes Survivor. Kelsey is here because he's suing for copyright infringement. Yeah. He's very litigious. <laughs> I don't know why, but Kelsey is very litigious. He's like, fuck this. Characters that don't survive make less interesting protagonists is the thing. I mean, I guess, but like, you know. Ned Stock would disagree with you. He, yeah. He likes, yeah to okay, give them ti- he likes to give them the title, like Survivor. What's, uh, what's Kaladin's, what was Kaladin's nickname in the army? Stormblessed. Yeah, so he's blessed by the storm and maybe he'll be blessed by the storm again. We're about to find out. His, his new nickname is Lordling, though, so, you know. Yeah, so Kaladin, the storm-blessed Lordling. There you go. <laughs> uh, survivor of the High Storm. Let's see how long we can make his title. Kaladin, the storm-blessed Lordling, survivor of the High Storm. 
master cool. of the side bridge. Yeah. <laughs> Judged not guilty by God. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Rock is the one who makes the stew, though. Calder well, just funds it. Yeah, proprietor Fair of the stew. Progenerator. Yeah, progenerator. Sponsor. Stew. There you go. That's what it is. Stew sponsor. That was uh that was my nickname in high school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh yeah, so we got uh I I, I mean yeah I, I think I've touched on everything that I can possibly predict in this in this case. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna throw uh not a hail mary but like uh I'm gonna throw in a random predicament that oh, uh, no it's not no nah, it's not that bad. Or it's not no, that, st- that style. Yeah, it's not that interesting, unfortunately. I think uh, I think Kaladin's dad is still alive. I think I think Liren is alive somewhere. Okay. I don't know. I don't think in the book he specifically said his dad was dead. I don't. I don't remember him saying that. Yeah. We know Kian Liren, is dead for sure. So. Yes. Yeah, but I think Liren's still alive. He may even be in the same village. He doesn't seem to be inclined to leave. So if he was still alive, I would think he'd probably be hanging out there. Unless yeah. thing, things got so bad that he couldn't stay, I guess. Right. And it, it, like he's he, maybe he's at the point where he's like, I have no son. Because my son I joined the army. I have no son. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense to me. All right. I'm 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 on board with uh, with the long nickname Kaladin and and Kelsier and the, the copyright infringement lawsuit. Yeah. That'll be that'll be book three is the copyright infringement lawsuit. <laughs> well, you mean book five no book three you guys haven't gotten there yet so you uh, don't know it's already happened i know I, oh i got you yeah he's he's reading from his card again <laughs> uh book three is called Oathbringer and uh totally about copyright infringement law all the whole thing all like yeah. two thousand pages you or whatever swore it is. you swore an oath <laughs> that you wouldn't copyright infringe I didn't know you were going to be so litigious. <laughs> hey, I'm I am the most litigious guy in the Cosmere. You didn't know that about me. Kelsier is the most litigious guy in the Cosmere. Kelsey just turns the jury. He's like, does this sound like a man who brung an oath? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, they're going to be like, you were a thief, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, but now the law fights for me. <laughs> hey, hey, when I was a thief, I was alive. Now I'm dead. Yeah. Can a guy change completely, do a 180 after he dies? You, you become a lawyer when you're dead on the inside. I mean, dead in general. I, I don't know. Not oh, around. man. <laughs> Suck it, lawyers. <laughs> if you're um, a listener and you're a lawyer, just know Data hates you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's like uh, it's like you ever you ever watched the, the Kevin Smith bit from one of those evening with Kevin Smith's where – he he was there for jury duty and it, it was like a lawsuit between two lawyers and they're like how do you feel about lawyers and most of the people in jury duty so like kind of like oh i hate them and then kevin smith's like i mean my lawyer makes me money so i'm like a big fan of him <laughs> and so uh that's how he ended up on the jury yeah he's like i like lawyers they're great that's me when my lawyer makes me money i, I, I love them it's sure all good. i mean that, i think that, if, that, I think if any yeah i think if anybody like in their job, even if it's not a great job, if they make you money and it's not illegal what they're doing, you probably like the person. Probably. Uh, I mean, you can you can personally dislike someone and still and you still appreciate the job that they do. Right. Anyway, let's some very but, interesting uh, predicaments we, this week. We're Lots getting of, litigious uh, on the sand Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I guess we shouldn't get too to... litigious. We might get sued. No, yeah, absolutely. I am. I, I don't plan on suing anyone. It's okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm no legal titian. If I get sued, I'm fucked. 
but uh, let's move on to we have three new patrons and a bunch of emails. So Whoa. let's jump into that stuff. Joe, get your patronizing. <laughs> patronizing. Wow. Ready. <laughs> I don't think that's uh, I don't think that I don't think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> OK, we got we have one new misting and two new shards of Adonis. Whoa. Two new shards? Wow. Yep. We, must add, we must add somebody drop out from being a shard then. Because we had one time. We had uh, yeah, we've had uh, this this week has been a big one for people dropping off too. So. Oh, they hate us because they ain't you us. Know, pe- people coming uh, in, people going out. It's, no, uh, I'm it's sure it's just it's, it's Christmas a, time. I was about to say it's Christmas time, New Year's. Like people are like, it's a new year. I'm going to take my this subscription off. I get it. Hey, yeah. I understand. Hey, we're not it's, like, it's, you know, we're not making a ton of stuff on Patreon exclusive we may work on that soon ish but you know we appreciate you guys support of the show uh yeah. every every little thing you guys do it's pretty cool you know when we i think data would attest when we started the podcast i don't think we expected quite the amount of support that we've gotten so we're very thankful right for yeah. everybody's support we didn't start up a patreon until it was requested by the fans that we do so i'm like okay yeah, yeah. it's like all right cool cool awesome yeah, so we appreciate you guys a lot, and uh, you know, if you if you if you join just for a month to get your uh, to get your name, that is a okay by me. Yeah, I mean, you know, if if you want to support for five minutes or five years, whatever, we we, yeah. we we appreciate you guys. Yeah, if uh, you know, if you want to be my my lover, gotta go with my friends. Or if, you know, if you just send in emails, you join the Discord and chat, whatever, <laughs> however you guys uh, you know yeah. want to show your interest. I'm uh, whatever I'm whatever your level of participation is. We appreciate it. Even if you've turned your back on us and said, you know what? Forget these guys. We still appreciate you. <laughs> no, I, I I get it. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm the worst. I think everybody knows that. <laughs> it's been pointed out by many a listener. I'm just awful. So I get it. You know, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. But uh, anyway, on to the thing. You said uh, we got to – so yep. give me the first one's name, I guess. Yeah. Our new backer at the misting level is Nick. Nick, the misting, you are a century store wakefulness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've got our, our first new shard of Adonalsium is Riley. Whoa. Hey, Riley, you're a connector, you store connection. Whoa. And then our other new shard of Adonalsium backer is Castle Bravo. Oh, Castle Bravo, you are a soul bearer, you store investiture. I, I guess – Friends with Castle Alpha, or maybe rivals with Castle Alpha. We got Castle Bravo. So, mm-hmm. but thank you guys. If you'd like to check out our Patreon, I am currently uploading my reactions as I'm reading through Defiant for the first time. And you know what? I think after that, I may go and do. We got the uh, the extra little thing that came out for all the backers of uh, the the Kickstarter. The Year of Sanderson Kickstarter was like a new extra little story by Brandon, which I haven't read yet because I'm saving it to do for the patreon uh, mm. it's was it's like what's it called it's chilled dough i don't remember now it's sitting on my shelf and i can't see it from here so is it cause me no it is not it's uh it's like a a detective story or something that uh that brandon wrote uh it's, it's a very small little thing but uh, long chills and case dough is what it's called it's like a noir sci-fi detective novelette or something so uh, I just I read his explanation of it and I didn't actually start reading the book because I'm like, OK, well, here, here's another little thing that we can put on the Patreon. It'll be interesting. Uh, so, yes, those are our new patrons. Thank you, guys. You're awesome. Now, let's do some emails. We have a whole bunch. And once again, I probably won't be able to read all of them, although I'm going to start at the, at the newest one because I thought it was funny. This one is titled About Joe. 
and it's from uh looks like lex oh is this uh is this confirmation of what i've said previously lex says i'm interested to know what his top five favorite manga are you don't have to read this on the air i'm just curious to know if any if there's any overlap with mine was until the time of whatever fuck mm. spook even though i hope he pops back up later in the cosmere right Ah, well, that's a fun question. Top five. See, that may be difficult because although I have been reading manga, I don't know that I've completed a ton of them. I would say a safe bet for me because I've read it twice is Dragon Ball Z. I've been a Dragon Ball Z fan since the first time I saw the anime as a child. So the manga is good because it kind of gets rid of all the excess crap and you don't have to, you know, sift through it. So I would say if, since they are two separate series, I would say Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z are both of my top five. Uh, Dragon Ball Super is, is still ongoing. There are parts of it that I really love and then parts of it that I don't love very much. That's uh, that's kind of where I feel about it. Uh, right now I'm in the middle of Bleach, which I, I've been aware of Bleach for a really long time. But it's a long one. It's 700 chapters. And so uh, mm. I'm on. But I am in the middle of it. I'm like on chapter 515, I think. And I'm really enjoying it. It may... It may go ahead of Dragon Ball Z for me. And then I finished Naruto not too long ago. I'd never read all the way through that. And it's good. It's it's I, I don't know if I loved it, but it was good. Hmm. And then, you know, One Piece is ongoing. I, I'm kind of stuck in Skype here, which is really early on. I haven't been able to get past that particular arc yet. And so I'm enjoying it. I've read all the way through Food Wars. I liked that a lot. I read... All the way through Demon Slayer. I liked that okay. I don't understand the hype behind Demon Slayer. I did enjoy it, but I don't I don't quite quite get the hype. I think that may be all that I've read through. I can't does, think. Does the Food Wars manga, is it really similar to the anime? Yeah, it follows it pretty closely. There's not a lot hmm. of filler in the uh in the anime. No, it's a pretty yeah. tight show. Yeah, it's pretty tight. As as so, anime goes. Right, yeah. I think there may be a few a couple filler episodes, but for the most part it's uh it's pretty it pretty much follows the manga uh, the manga is just more interesting because they actually put like recipes in the book for the stuff that they're oh making. yeah i heard that about That's the recipes cool. being in there yeah yeah so like they, they're simple they're simplified recipes obviously because you know some of the stuff they make is very complex but yeah they put recipes in in there they did that really early on but they kind of stopped doing it as the show uh, or excuse me as the manga went on and i think it's because like they came up with weirder and more makeup made up sounding foods and so, like, yeah, kind of like stop doing bizarre recipes. At some point. Yeah, they stopped making recipes, putting recipes in book. But it was it was fun. You actually, still um, want to eat this anymore? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of been my manga experience. I I like My Hero Academia. Again, that's an ongoing one. I'm I'm I got behind at some point, and so I haven't I haven't read in quite a while. I think I'm on volume like 22, and then there's currently printed in in actual physical book form there's like 36 or 7 out right now so i haven't i haven't read that in quite a while i'm behind on that one but i the reason i've been reading all this manga lately is because i i got a this is we, we they're not the sponsor of the show but just in case you guys want to check it out i got a subscription to the shonen jump app which is pretty cool because you it's like three dollars a month and you can read like pretty much as much as you want so that's how i've been kind of burning through these mangas by using the shonen jump app I mean, yeah, it feels like that makes a lot of sense if you read a lot of manga. That uh, that'd be yeah, worthwhile. yeah. Some of the ones that I like a lot, I still will buy physical copies of, but I've been using that app for the stuff I just want to read through. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so there you go. There's your answer about uh, Joe and his manga love. So hope. Maybe, yeah. Uh, let us know if he overlapped with you. I'm curious yeah. now. Uh, 
yeah, some ones I will say you didn't ask for this, but some ones I'll say I don't particularly love that a lot of people do like, so they might be controversial. Is I, I'm not a big fan of Attack on Titan. It's just too gory for me. I'm not into like horror stuff yeah, like that. That's how I feel about the anime. Was I, I couldn't really do it. Yeah, it's too much. It's it's too much. And then I'm also not a big fan of One Punch Man. A lot of people like that uh, book slash anime. I'm I'm not into it. Hmm. All right. Thank you for your email. The next one we have is from Trevin. And Trevin says, hello. Hello, Sander Lance crew. I've been planning on sending you another email once you've made it further into Stormlight, but I'm impatient and would most likely forget the things that I wanted to include. I've been playing catch up with your podcast, and I'm nearly done with your reading of Well of Ascension. It is by far the slowest book in the series for me, so I've been putting off listening to your read through until I remembered how entertaining you all make it. I just finished the episode where Jamie made the prediction of Says becoming the Hero of Ages, and it made me stop and think at work. She covered and recalled things I never put together. I'm also DMing a D&D campaign and have introduced my players to Nightblood, none of which have ever read a Sanderson book before. There's a huge amount of argument over what they should do with him. They ultimately decided to give him to the pacifist of the party, who has told me he is effectively adopting him. <laughs> Nightblood want to go for walkies? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Hi, uh, I'm Paul. Nightblood, but you know. Lastly, I'm giving my brother a copy of the Mistborn series and have told him that he needs to listen to your podcast when he, once he starts reading. I'm planning on being pretty strict with his reading order through the Cosmere, though, so it'll be a long time until he listens to this episode. If he likes the podcast, that is. He probably will. So, hi, Kaysen, in the future. I feel like I've said this every time I've sent an email, but sorry for the long email. Wasn't to the time of next. Colo, PS Fasher. So, I hope your brother, Kaysen, enjoys the, the, the Mistborn books yeah, and the podcast. Yeah, a lot of brotherly... Yeah, there's a lot of brotherly intent that went into this podcast, I think Data would tell you. so It's true, yeah. He wanted me to read these books. I was like, eh, I'm good. And then he's like, what if we do a podcast? I was like, oh, okay. Internet fame, you say. <laughs> very, very minor internet celebrity. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I'm not in it for the fame, that's for sure. I'm in it for the, I'm in it for the lols, man. The time spent with you, you fine folks. I mean, you know, you did have the, we, um, like moments at the con where you go around and people was like, "Oh my God, it's you!" Yeah, a couple people. That was that was pretty fun. Yeah, uh, we since we started Way of Kings, we got a we had a pretty big jump in the number of people listening every week when we started Way of Kings. There, we got one point eight thousand downloads on the first episode, and then it 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 starts decreasing. Yeah, until, you know, we lost about three hundred after that first one. They're like, these guys suck. Yeah. We've uh, for the last few weeks we've been at about a thousand downloads per episode, which is still uh it, well during the first week that it's out more or less, which is what I've heard is how you judge uh, like how many mm. people are actually listening. So anyway, but that's amazing. Yeah, that's a big that's a jump over where we were before, uh, and that's just like I never imagined that many people would be listening. So you guys are awesome. We appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, we we really do. Uh, tell your friends if they like Sanderson. You know, it's a it's something you could guys do as like a book club type thing with us. Yeah, you could imagine you're right here with me while I'm playing Halo and talking on the podcast at the same time. <laughs> I mean, you you could tell your friends even if they don't like Sanderson, but I don't think they'd be very interested. No, <laughs> no. I had a friend who was asking about what what Sanderson books he should read because he knew I did the podcast, and um and he was like he didn't understand the format of the show even though I'd explained it to him several times because he's just one of those guys that forgets after you tell him something, which is fine. I'm not I'm not bad mouthing him, especially if he's listening right now. Hi, Josh. How are you? Uh, anyway. <laughs> but uh, he was like, where should I start? And I said, well, you could read along with our podcast if you want. We started at, you know, Mistborn. 
the first book and he's like well i don't want to listen to the podcast before like i read because I, I guess you guys probably like talk about like all the sanderson stuff right and i was like no i mean we go chapters by chapters we we don't know what's going on ahead of us or after you like you know we read a little bit at a time so like the whole point of it is for first-time readers to get that experience so like we don't know any more than you know when you start and so he he seemed intrigued i don't know if he's gonna read or not uh well i know he's gonna read but i don't know if he's gonna listen or not but yeah well hi josh you're out there yeah <laughs> so yeah i'm I, I, i'm hyped about uh people enjoying the show i love it Okay, next email. Let's do let's do two more, and that'll leave us a couple to save for next time. This one is uh, the third one. We read two from Mike from Virginia last time, and here's the third one that he sent in. This one's entitled Warbreaker. It says, hey, Sander Lentrue, Mike from Virginia again. I'm up to episode 151, and I wanted to share with you my personal volcano theory for this book. Up until the moment the God King was revealed as a large man, I was 100% convinced it was a baby. And that's why no one could speak to him, and he never spoke to anyone. I thought, hey, he was stillborn, and he's a reborn guy. Do they even age? So I was fully on the he's a baby train. Turns out I was wrong. Just wanted to share my own crazy theory that sadly didn't come through. Looking forward to finishing Warbreaker with you guys so I can catch up. I think we I had a similar theory. I was about to say, I don't recall if uh, we had uh, the, the God King is a baby theory. But... We, I think somebody <laughs> had the underdeveloped theory. Like, he's not developed completely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good theory, though. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Solid, yeah. solid theory until you find out otherwise. Yeah, giant dead magic baby, always good. I can, I can see how you got there. Uh, okay, well let's do, let's do one more. From, let's see, we will do this one is from Richard. It says it's titled White Sand Wait, and the Omnibus. R- Richard, the thick book. The email says, "Hello, Sander Lynch crew. It's Richard, the thick book again." Oh my God! I, <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to you, uh, your white. Yeah, right. I was listening to your White Sand read, and Data explained that slatrification was taken out of the graphic novel. So I went back to the place I read it, and I found that what I read was not the omnibus, but the old versions. And in that version, it does talk about it, and uh, it included an image of them talking about slatrification. Which, if you, uh, if in case you don't recall, in the original version of White Sand, this ability of like the most ultimate sand masters was to turn sand into water. So that was taken out. Not at all. Jeez. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, we talked about it briefly because it's not in the omnibus. It was such a weird OP power that uh, Brandon so took that, that out. That, yeah, that would utterly break the powers because, like, the whole thing is using sand drains them of their water. If they can mm-hmm. use the sand to create their own water, then shit, they're just like infinite. Well, yeah, and, and that mm-hmm. it was like a thing that made the the maestrals that top level that much more above everybody else because they were the only ones who could do this thing. But yeah, uh, because it and it, it also just was so completely different from everything else they could do with sand that Brandon was like, no, this is not a good idea. But yeah, so uh, he says, th- so this is another difference between the original and the omnibus. Now I want the omnibus even more since most of my confusion is about the speech bubbles and those have changed as I heard you guys talk about. P.S. After you finish Stormlight, will you be talking about other shards that have been name dropped by Brandon but have not yet been in a novel? Wasing to the time of next, Richard. Hmm. Let me think. Hmm. Was that a spoiler since we didn't know that not all the shards were in a novel? Well, I'm, I mean, we know that we only know like half of the shards so far. And right. some of some of those have not yet appeared. Uh, even the ones like that we heard a couple names of haven't appeared in the novel. Yeah. So, Sir, not appearing in this film. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't have I mean, we have the Stormlight novels left at this point. Oh, and the secret projects, I guess. Uh, but I'm trying to remember what. I don't even know if we have 
a name for one that doesn't appear in some i don't remember honestly so i cannot answer that question well because some part of me thought that at some point in the books that are out any name that we knew from brandon gets mentioned but i could be wrong about that and i there i may be one i'm forgetting so your the answer to your question is i don't know sorry uh, I'll I'll have to look into that more, but we're so far from finishing Stormlight and then the the secret projects that uh, it's not even on my radar at this point. Okay, yeah, we got a couple more. We'll save those for next time. If you'd like to send us an email, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and X and Patreon, which I already talked about. If you want to check that out, Facebook, lots of places on the internet that we're doing things. Music by Miracle of Sound. As I mentioned, for next time, we're going to do three chapters, 35, 36, and 37. And for those of you with the UK version, like Dak and Jamie have, you will be reaching the end of your book at the end of chapter 36 and then having to pick up a second book and read one chapter. So sorry about that. I, I wanted to end it in a place where we could match up at the end of that chapter, but it just did not. The numbers didn't work out well. So, uh, yeah, we're going to keep going. I wanted oh, to take. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I want to take the opportunity before we end today to give everyone uh, a heads up that uh, we're it's just the beginning of January now. Well, when recording this, but the month of February is going to be probably a, uh, a one where we miss a lot because towards the end of January, I'm going to be on for a week. I'm taking uh, a honeymoon type trip. And then in February, I will be gone for two weeks because I will be going to Australia to hang out with Dak and Jamie for a bit before taking a, a cruise around Australia and New Zealand. So it's unlikely that we will be able to record for like three weeks that would have ended up in February. So unless the, the, the stars align in some shocking way that we're not expecting to allow more than one record in a week, we will probably February will be. A very slow month for new episodes, and I wanted to let you guys know uh, ahead of time that uh, that is likely the case. Yeah, maybe I'll put on a puppet show. We haven't decided yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe, Joe uh, could have some fun and uh, <clears throat> upload something random for you guys. But yes, so three chapters for next time. Stick with us through the end of January, at least. Sorry about February. And um, wasing to the time of next. Colo, PS Fashion. Crabs Ahoy. <laughs>